Great. Well, good morning again. Thank you, Johnny, the one person. Good morning, everyone. Oh, the lights. Look at that. It's great to see you, and it's my privilege to bring God's Word to you today. Jonah 3, 1 to 3, continuing in the book of Jonah. If you want to get your Bibles open uh, or get one from the sides, Jonah chapter 3. We're in the second half of the book. There's four chapters. First half, Jonah gets called by God to go to Nineveh. Jonah runs away and is taught a lesson about, from God about prayer and trusting him and compassion by God appointing a big fish. Okay. This second half is, is symmetrical. So Jonah is called by God. Jonah, this time, goes to Nineveh. And he's taught a lesson by God appointing a plant, which is also a supernatural thing as well, which we'll see uh, in a couple of weeks. So Jonah 3, 1 to 3, the uh, title of this message is Jonah obeyed and went. Jonah obeyed and went. So Jonah 3, 1 to 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh, proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the Lord and went. Say, and went. There we are, and went. That's the, when you actually obey, obedience is, God wants to see obedience in our lives. We actually have to go. He went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. So the main idea of today's message is we always have a fresh opportunity to come back to God and serve him. Let's say that together. We always have a fresh opportunity to come back to God and to serve him. That's true for If you're not a Christian this morning, you can come back to God, come to know him and serve him in your life, which is what we're designed for. If you're a Christian this morning, God's inviting you to come back to him, to know him again, to serve him, a fresh opportunity every single day. His mercies on you every morning, it says in Leviticus, Lamentations 3 rather. We can come back to God every day, and we do need to, don't we? Come, keep coming back to God. Keep bringing our hearts to God every day. So the word of the Lord came, it says here, a second time. I sometimes speak to people who feel that they have lost hope, that, they have, that their lives can, cannot really be, be useful to God or to anyone They've lost hope that somewhere in their lives they've taken a wrong turn and that they've come to a place where they they can't be useful. They can't be of use to God or to others. But I want to say this to all of us today. No matter how far we've fallen, God's grace can lift us. Amen? Amen? 
I think you're half asleep today. Why are you half asleep today? Did you go to bed too late last night, let me ask you? It's good news, isn't it? No matter how far we fall, God's grace can lift us. Amen? That's it. Let's stir our souls. Wake up, oh my soul. Let's, let's engage with God's word. He wants to speak to us today and encourage us. Some people say things like, maybe, I mean, maybe this is you. And this is, some people say things like this. Maybe I've committed the unforgivable sin that's mentioned by Jesus in Mark 3.29. Or maybe I'm the person from Hebrews 4 who has done something so bad he, they can't be brought back to repentance. And those are very serious words and can be worrying to people. And I, I, I don't want to go into great detail about this thing, but I simply want to say this. If you want to come back to God, that is the work of the Holy Spirit working in you. Isn't it? Yes, it is. If you want to come to God, it's a work of the Holy Spirit in you. So therefore, God has not let go of you. If the gravity is pulling you, then you're still on the earth. You're still here. God still wants to work in your life. So throw off condemnation. Throw off all thoughts that God has deserted you, no matter what you're going through or how you feel. And particularly if you're suffering from depression, I, I, I know you can feel that bleak and these kind of thoughts can persist in our minds. But we've got to keep, continue to say, to, remember, if you want to serve God, he wants you to serve him. If you want to know God, he wants you to know him. That's the, 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 the desire is a mark of the Holy Spirit working in you. So come back to God. We always have a fresh opportunity to come back to God and to serve him. Jonah has a fresh opportunity to come back to God. And serve him. God is gracious. He will persevere with us. God's forgiveness is unlimited because the power of the cross is unlimited. How much sin can the cross deal with? The capacity is infinite. I was, we were running the Alpha course. We've been running the Alpha course, Helen and I, which is an opportunity to ask questions and explore the Christian faith. We run it on Tuesday evenings. And I, and I find it's, it's a fascinating experience talking to people who don't yet know Jesus. And the questions, and, and, and you can understand that to say that Jesus forgives all sin, no matter what you've done, if you really think about it, it sounds really good. Oh, that sounds great until you start getting into details. And so one of the examples that's brought up in the Alpha course on Tuesday night is that of a concentration guard from one of the death camps in the Second World War. And how this man became a Christian and went to a woman called Corrie Ten Boone who was in one of these camps and whose sister and uh, other family members died in this camp. And this guard came to her and asked for her forgiveness. Well, you can imagine, can't you, how difficult that would be to give your forgiveness, can't you? It's easy to say the cross 
can swallow up all sin. And isn't that good news until you get into the details of having to say, well, can he forgive that sin? And can you forgive them that sin then? Because the cross is unlimited in its capacity and power. And this is a challenge for all of us. But the good news is for Jonah is that God does forgive. God doesn't give up on us. There is unlimited capacity with God to forgive. And it's true for you as well. He, God wants to, whatever you've done, what I've, the, the, the illustration I've just mentioned is an extreme one. And put, the Apostle Paul uses himself, doesn't he, as an extreme example because he used to murder or instigate murder of Christians. And you can imagine how that, and initially when the Apostle Paul became a Christian, the church, many of them, wouldn't trust him and wouldn't accept him. And that sounds like, oh no, that's terrible, isn't it? But can you imagine putting yourself in their shoes? Suddenly, someone who is in the elite, someone who is, has power and authority, who has been murdering people you know, maybe your family members, suddenly you've got to accept them into church fellowship? That's the radical nature of the Christian faith that, that in, in its ideal form. But we all struggle with it don't we, to forgive and to understand the capacity of the cross to deal with all sin. And may we all be moving towards that, to, to enjoy it ourselves, but also to extend the same kind of grace as we ourselves receive. But it's going to be a challenge and we need the Holy Spirit to help us. But Jonah has this fresh opportunity. You have a fresh opportunity Everyone has a fresh opportunity to come back to God, no matter what they've done. Jesus uses this great example from Matthew 18, 21 to 22. Peter came to Jesus and, says, and said to him, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? How many times? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not even seven times, 77, but 77 times. And the point being not that it's 77 times, but rather that it's unlimited. That's what he's saying. And then he goes on in the same chapter of Matthew 18 to give the story or the parable of the unforgiving servant. Do you know that parable? Yeah, well, it's a, he's just using an illustration now. He's given him a bit of teaching there. Yeah, forgive unlimited. And then he gives a story, which is that a servant was forgiven for little. But then, when this servant went, had a, debt, a debtor, they treated them harshly. And then the master, who had forgiven the, the, the servant, threw the servant into prison. And the point being this. If we can't forgive others who sin against us, we, are we Christians, really? Are we Christians? If we understand how Raph, what Raph was saying at the beginning, majesty, we stand in the presence of God, our sin has been removed, infinite, hit the Holy One has forgiven us, past, present, future, sin, Every thought, every deed, everything we should have done, everything we shouldn't have done has been removed. How can we then hold these little grudges against people? 
because they didn't do this for me. They didn't treat me as I deserved. They didn't show me the dignity I am worth. And now, don't get me wrong, I, 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 wish, I wish you all the best for dignity, that people would dignify you and all the rest of it. But we've got to forgive because people do let us down. That's the point. So that's how God wants us to act. That's how God is. So that's how God is with you. How many times does he forgive you? Seven times? No, 77 times. That's what God is like with you, with me. And if we don't get this, if we don't understand the grace of God and its unlimited nature, we will be harsh with ourselves. Won't we? We won't receive that second chance, third chance, fourth chance. And we'll be harsh with others. Because we won't, if we don't appreciate, if we don't receive the grace of God ourselves, then we're not going to be, giving, be, be easily giving the grace of God away to others. And we've got to be, we've got to receive this. Because life and relationships are challenging. And as Christians, we've got to give away forgiveness and receive forgiveness. He tells him to go to the city. God repeats the commission to him. Go to the city. Joel, go to the city. He's going to go to the city, isn't he, Joel? He's going to go there. He's going to go there now. That's it. It took him some time, you see. God, God keeps going. God repeats his commission to Jonah. The great commission is repeated over us as well, isn't it? God not only keeps coming to us and calling us to him, he actually calls us for purpose. You know, we're not Christians to go to church and then go to heaven and, and just do stuff in between. God has given us a mission, a commission, a great commission, it's often called. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That's what we're about. Making disciples. Helping people to come to know Jesus. And then helping to teach them to walk with Jesus. And that's what we're doing this morning, isn't it? This is all about that. This is about inviting people to come to know Jesus. This is about, if you're a Christian, helping us all to grow. And, and I am in this. You know, I'm growing through this. I'm challenged by these words myself, of course. The Holy Spirit wants to remind us today to empower us. In fact, every single day he wants to remind us and empower us for the mission. As we go out into our workplaces and colleges and wherever you go, God is sending you on a mission to bring the love and good news of Jesus Christ into those settings. We mustn't forget that. And the Holy Spirit, if we're open to him, will not let us forget that. Every day is a fresh opportunity to step out your front door and to go to Nineveh, not run away. Because you know we can go to work but run away from Nineveh or we can go to work and treat it like Nineveh as going on mission. God tells him to give the message. Give the message I give you. Give the message that God gives What's the message? Anybody know what the message is? 
in a, in a word, one word. One word, there's one word. What's the message we give? Grace, yeah, that's another way of saying it. Love, yeah, it's another way of saying it. There is a, there's a one word, I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised at you guys. Sorry? God, yes, let's see, Johnny. Johnny, give him a round of applause. What kind of applause was that? Gospel. Yes, of course, the gospel is the grace of God. The gospel is the love of God. But gospel, good news, that's the message that we've been commissioned to take into the settings that we go into. In 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 5, we read, And it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom. So you don't need eloquence or superior wisdom, guys, okay? Just rub your head and go, Phew. Yeah? You don't need eloquence or superior wisdom. Phew. Okay? Or human wisdom, I proclaim to you the testimony about God. I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ, Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and with fear and trembling. So you can see there's fear in there, isn't there? Of course there is. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, which is another way of saying what we said earlier, not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So he says here, not with wise and persuasive words. Now, there are some good words we can use. I was looking at a book recently by um, Stephen Meyer, who talks about the, how, if you look into biology and the universe, and he's a, he's a big brain guy, you know, who goes into all the detail of DNA and, and all the fine-tuning of the universe and those kind of things, which point to, if we could close the door, that'd be great, point to the, the, um, the, 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 the designed nature of biology and the universe. Now, that, that's... Good stuff, okay? That's good stuff to know. That's wise and persuasive words. Isn't it? You know, that's good stuff. It's good to know that. But we're not all going to know that kind of stuff. But what we can all know is this. And this is the power. And this is the power that the Holy Spirit... When he says, um, not with wise, a demonstration of the Spirit's power, yes, that could be miracles, but he's not talking about, I don't think he's specifically talking about miracles there. He's really talking about how the Holy Spirit changes our lives and causes us to be born again. The Spirit's power comes to people. Not everyone, of course. But when we speak the gospel that Jesus came from heaven to earth, he died for our sin. He rose again, revealing that he was truthful in what he said and victory over sin. Then people like you and me will become Christians. But we've got to trust in the message of power. Jonah had to believe God and take the message he gave him. The message we've been given is the gospel. It's the gospel. It's, as Paul says, it's foolishness 
to the unbelieving. It's foolishness, isn't it? That, that God should become a man, that he should come into the world, he should die on a cross, and somehow that's the answer. I mean, if you can put yourself in the shoes of unbelievers, you can see how that might seem a little bit unusual as a message and as a way to save people for eternal life. I can, you know, when you do Alpha, the Alpha course, people ask lots of questions and question what you believe. And of course, I understand exactly why you might question what I believe and what, what we believe. But when the Holy Spirit comes and brings this life, this message to life, you, you are born again, this message becomes in you, doesn't it? This is, this is wonderful. This is wonderful that God should come for me, that he should die that I have hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ. So go with the message God gives you. We've all got a second chance. We can all come back to God and serve him again. God wants to recommission us with the gospel. Wherever you are, wherever you go, will you go with the message God gives you? We're now, in, a, in just a minute, I'm going to interview Phil Mash, and we're going to be talking about Civ, serve, invest, and invite. Serve, invest, and invite is a really simple way of doing what we have just been talking about. It's the kind of language, every time in your community group over these last weeks, I hope you've been looking at what it means to serve, invest, and invite. Because we as a church want to get really good at reaching our communities for Jesus Christ, don't we? Yeah, we do. We want to see our Alpha courses overflowing with your friends and family members. We would love it. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have, be a community that's full of people seeking to know Jesus Christ or seeking to find out Seeking and asking questions. It would be wonderful. And I think we're, we need to get better at this. And that's the reason why I believe God has led us to look at the book of Jonah. To encourage us not only, and challenge us. Are you, are you going to believe in this second chance? And are you going to take this message I give you to the places I've sent you to? Or are you going to run away? And the simple way of doing it is serve, invest and invite. In the blogs this week which I hope you're using and enjoying, and it gives you an opportunity to go deeper into what we're looking at. Um, I'm going to be talking about lots of things around how we might speak to our non-Christian friends. There are different ways of bringing the gospel. As you can see here, Jonah stands up in the city and proclaims, like I'm doing now, proclaims the gospel. But not, most of us don't do this. Most of us don't go into our workplaces and stand up on the table in the staff room in your school. Friends, I want to bring to you the... It's not going to go down very well, is it? Okay, or it's not. So you've got to, we've, got to find, we've got to find ways of doing this that are honouring to God and led by the Spirit. So serve, invest, and invite is a very simple way of serving people in the places he's put us, doing good in the places he's put us, bringing what you might call the kingdom 
values to the places he's put us. Serve is a broad term. You could say love, couldn't you? Doing practical things for people. Being salt and light where you are. Serve. Invest in people. Spend time with people. Now, I hasten to add, we don't do this just because we want people to become Christians. Surely, we want to invest in people because the love of God is in us and we just want to love people, don't we? So invest in them. And I can guarantee you then, if you've served people and invested, and I've done that, if we've done that and we've done it well and prayerfully, we will have people to invite to church events, alpha courses, carol services, alpha courses, to Sunday mornings. And are they more likely to say yes? Of course they are. Of course they are. This is, it is common sense really, but, we, it, but it takes work. And we're all in ruts, we're all in routines, and if we don't break out of those ruts by serving, like what, how are you going to break out of your ruts? Because you've got a routine. The way you do your week will normally run its, the same lines. You'll, you'll be with the same people. Da, 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 da. So if you, haven't seen, if, you haven't, if you haven't seen people coming to church and events, it, um, then unless you change something, that it's, not, it's unlikely to happen in the future. You've got to change something. Like, like Jonah, he went. How are you going to go? So serve, invest, and invite. Phil Nash, I'm going to ask you some now some questions about how he serves, invests, and invites. Let's welcome Phil up now. Thank you, Phil, for doing this. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm welcome. Thank you so much. So, Phil, yes. outside of the church, yes. what are the various communities that God has put you into? Uh, well, work is my main community, I guess. Uh, a little bit of homeschooling community as well. Uh, we homeschool our younger two children, so I get to meet people that way. And our neighbours as well. You've done lots of events with your neighbours, haven't you? Yeah, we used to. Do you know, not, I'm, I'm being very truthful here, not yeah. so much anymore. But mention but, a few of them. But, mention a few of the things you've done, which okay. have been very impressive. So, um, uh, we, uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me of yeah. that. I wasn't going to talk about that at all. Okay, but, no. Yeah, no, good. It's um, flexible, we're flexible. Uh, um, so natural times of year where there's um, national holidays, basically. Basically, Easter egg hunts and fireworks parties everybody loves. Absolutely brilliant. And, and, and it's very natural and very normal to have uh, yeah. an Easter egg hunt or... Yeah a uh, fireworks party and it's really easy just to invite people along and invite some church friends and some non-church friends and just mix them all up and and they can see that you're quite nice yeah yeah and we've had we, we've had loads of people that the, the last one uh, well this year actually we got a neighbor asking rachel quite disappointedly where, where's the where's the fireworks party because <laughs> we didn't plan to do it this year so that was nice. It's, it's nice, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so other communities you're in, your work? So work as well, yes. What's your work, Phil? What do you do? I'm a cameraman. Cameraman. Yeah, so I, I film things for TV and corporate video. Okay. And how, do you how would you serve in that environment? How would you serve people? Uh, the main way I serve is by being a, a, a nice, I was going to say, a, a nice green field of calm. And all around, it's all kicking off. Because generally on the whole, in my job, probably your job too, 
everyone's very stressed. And there's certain people who seem to be like this vortex of <laughs> stress. And it's very hard not to get drawn into that yeah. whirlpool. Um, so I try really hard at that. And I pray about that actively, like, in, you know, just about being calm. Yes. And people are, people are drawn to that. Um, uh, I was chatting with Danny um, on a recent shoot, and she, one of her um, colleagues had, sent, had, had made a spelling mistake in an email, and it meant that someone went to the wrong edit house in Soho. And, and yeah. there were emails CC to 20 people talking about this one mistake, and this poor girl was just you know, beside herself, and I was able to just sympathize and yeah. chat that through and put everything down and really sit down. Oh, you were talking about listening, weren't we? It's about yeah. listening as well. So being calm, uh, uh, making tea is another good one. Um, however senior you are, making tea for people who are not as senior, I think is a really good way of showing, showing your heart. Yes. Uh, and sending gifts as well. So a uh, cameraman uh, I know called Andy, and uh, we sometimes share work. Um, and whenever he gives me work, I, I send him a, a, really, a really good present, not just a $5.99 from Tesco's bottle of wine, but a proper, proper good one to say thank you for the work. And, and recently, the, the reason I got the work is... Not that there's anything wrong with $5.99. <laughs> I, I just let you know that. Well, right. I, well I'm not sure. I think, you, I think people notice that kind of stuff. Yeah. And if, if you're going to give someone a present... I mean, I'm open to $5.99. <laughs> I'm just letting you know that. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but if I was to give and and really good as well, I'm open to that as well. <laughs> it's about spoiling people, doing yeah, a little right, bit Phil, more yeah, than you than you need yeah. to. Um, and so his wife recently lost uh, a friend to cancer, and yeah. that's why he couldn't do the work. So yeah. I I also I sent him uh, a present, a really nice bottle. I also sent him another bottle, and and the note was, you know, here's one to help you feel uh, to, to thank you for the work, and here's yeah. one to celebrate the life of the person who's just died. And that, Thoughtful, that, Phil. That kind of stuff really helps. Very good. Yeah. Um, so uh, in terms of, yes. I mean, you've, you've said it really, how. You've, you've said it. You've talked about demonstrating how you serve. You've talked about listening. You've talked about being proactive, making, being calm. And you said about praying about that as well, which I think is helpful, isn't it? That you are able to bring that calm yeah. and not get sucked into the vortex because you've actually recognized it's an issue, it's, you've recognized it's a danger. Probably because maybe at points in the past you've got sucked into it and you realize, hang on, I need to be different here. And you've, um, you, you know, you're praying about it, I think, is, is, is a really good point. Do you know, I've, I've realized fasting is a, really, is a really good one. So... Uh, I, we, all, we all have, haven't we? Lots of... We've all... <laughs> we've all uh, <laughs> lots of, lots of, it's quite trendy at the moment to yeah. do intermittent fasting. It is, right? yeah, it is. And, yeah. and so I also have followed that trend, and I just, I just cut out breakfast for health, health reasons, and I'm not getting any younger, all that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But if you talk about that at work, it's a really good excuse to then to, to talk about, you know, about fasting, I, saying, well, I, I do, I fast longer than that sometimes when I'm praying. Yes. What? That's really what, good. What do you mean? What do you mean? You, you pray and you fight? Yeah, yeah, because I'm a Christian. And, and That's very good. And one of the things I mentioned uh, as I thought about this um, in the blogs this week is, is actually communicating in ways that touch the, you know, your the, the culture understands, the communities you 
meet with, understand. So when you, what you're talking about here is something which people are happy to talk about, but then you can turn it, can't you, to talk about things of deeper meaning. That's wonderful, yes. And my favourite verse about that is, is um, Matthew 10, 16. It, it says, so be as shrewd as snakes and as pure as doves. Very good. And that's a verse that's, that's been with me from the very beginning of my work life. Yeah. I think we're very good at being pure as doves, but we do need to be as wise as, mm. as shrewd as serpents as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I right. find that, that verse really helpful. When, when not, in order to not feel guilty about standing on the table. And yeah. Well, that's what Jesus means when he talks about the, uh, the shrewd servant, if you know that parable. Yeah. And he says, people of the world are often shrewder than, than we are. And we need to be shrewd as well, as in, what are we about? We want to help people come to know Jesus. Well, how, what's the best way of doing that? Well, don't be un let's do the best way of doing that. And I think that's what you're saying, really. We want the best for people. This is not cynical. We want the best for people. Um, so it's wonderful you're th thinking this through. Such a great example. Um, do you have any examples of how you've invited people into the church community or an event? Uh, well, those part, those those. Um, I guess the, the fireworks parties yeah. uh, would probably be the, the, the best one of those. Um, yeah, I, I haven't had much much luck at people saying yes to the, to those. Yeah, I find that one really hard. Um, yeah, I have. I've invited people to the Alpha course. A cameraman called Craig last year, and um, it was coming out. It was co it was it was. You know, it's it's. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Said no. <laughs> no, yeah, but you asked, and that's I did ask, yeah. yeah. I think um, it's a challenge for all of us, and this is the realistic. This is real, isn't it? We it is a challenge, but if we're making the ask, that's all we can do, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think people need to to go a quite a long way down that friendship route yeah. before that happens, um, and I think we get. Uh, sorry, we. I I think I I and potentially other people get impatient. Yeah. And want it to happen now, now, now. So at, at the, I had some training recently, and they and they said that a person needs to hear the gospel 32 times on average. On average, yeah. Before they make a commitment. So don't give up. <laughs> just keep, you know. Yeah. It's you know it's a cliche, isn't it? But it's just one step at the time up the mountain, yeah. isn't it? Just one yes. step at a time. And those things are making a difference. They really are making a difference. Yeah. Great stuff. Thank you, Phil. Anything, any, I mean, that's great what you've said. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, you could, I'm sure you could say more, Phil. You could preach. You could <laughs> carry on. I'll step down. People Thank know, you, Phil. Oh, sorry, just one, one, yeah. one thing. People do need to know you're a Christian. That's quite a big one. Yes. Because um, if they don't, they might think you're just a, ni an, just, just a nice person. But, but uh, what I mean is uh, you, want, you, want them, you want to be pointing to God. So if you're, if you're doing good stuff, but they don't know you're a Christian, they'll just think you're a nice person. If they know you're a Christian and you're doing good stuff, then you're essentially, you're pointing, you're pointing at God and saying, mm. the reason I'm doing this is because I'm a Christian. And then God gets the glory. And I, I think that's quite a big one. Yeah. And, the, and as soon as you say it, the, the longer I leave it, so I work with lots of different people, and, and the longer I leave it before saying yeah, I'm a Christian, right. the harder it becomes to you're dead right. come out of the closet, as it were. It's it, really, it, yeah. yeah. That's right. It is, it is true. The longer you leave it, like if a neighbour moves in, a new neighbour moves in, you go round the next day with a five ninety nine bottle of wine or something better, <laughs> and say, "Welcome. It's great to have you in the community." Imagine leaving that a month. You're going to be like, 
Shall I go around there? Shall I go around there? You probably never will, will you? So it's, it's true in all these situations, isn't it? It's like, get, get on it. Say it. Prayerful. I think what you were saying about praying, just be prayerful as well. Each day, the Holy Spirit will recommission us. Thanks, Phil. This, th- thank Phil. Yeah. Wonderful. So the band's going to come up. But in response... Aren't you banned? Yeah. In response, Phil, yeah. In response, Jonah obeyed and went. We've heard it in Phil, haven't we? Doing, doing what he can to obey and go. What will our response be? As with Jonah, we always have a fresh opportunity to come back to God and serve him. To be forgiven, but also to be repurposed and refocused, and recommissioned on what is important. And let's remember, don't, don't put it, raise the bar so high, you can't do this. You can do this. You can pray about your day. You can be kind to people. You can serve people. You can invest in people. And, given time, normally, you can invite them to things. Because God will lead you if you've got an open heart. He will guide you. I'm always challenged as we finish by this parable of the two sons. Now you're thinking of the prodigal son and his religious older brother. But you, less known is this parable, which I find very challenging. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son... Go and work today in the vineyard. And that's what we're being asked to do. Work in the vineyard. Work in the vineyard of God. I will not, he answered. But later, changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what the father wanted? Jonah obeyed and went. And it's really important, isn't it, that we hear God's voice through his word today and that we are soft and say, Lord, here am I, send me. Yes, I am willing. I'm going to be, I feel like the first son. No, 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 I'm not going. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Let God change us. Come on, let God move you to do this. Because this is really important for you and for everyone around you. Repentance is a change of mind and direction. True repentance will be seen in how we live. Jonah obeyed and went. The two sons, which one are you? Will we listen to God about his great commission? Will we go as he leads, serving, investing, and inviting? And will we take the message he gives us, the gospel, into the places he sends us? There's always a fresh opportunity, guys, to serve God. So let's go into this week, let's go into this day, open to God, knowing that he wants to use us. Let's stand up and let's worship God now.